the Leash Today Talking Sport podcast, brought to you in association with Booth Concrete. Booth Concrete provide high-quality concrete products to Leash and the surrounding counties. Thinking concrete, think Booth Concrete. When quality matters. Hello and welcome to the Leash Today Talking Sport podcast. I'm Mark Comerford, joined today as usual by Alan Hartnett and Stephen Miller. How are you lads? Too bad, worn out, worn out from the ploughing. Ashley loves it, a few days away. Um, we jump straight in there with Ireland and Tonga last weekend in round two. Very impressive performance, especially by um, Alan's favourite player, Bundy Aki. So, Alan, I was wondering, did you um, did you get a chance to watch much of the game? I did see most of it, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I did. I, I won't... I w- I won't see much of the one now this weekend, but I did see I did see that game the other night. Yeah, was that was that a hurling match or yeah, was that a football match? But by the time I got home, um, it had just about started, and uh, Ashton were again. though, the the, the Tonga fellas were hit fairly hard in the first twenty twenty thirty five minutes, but like all those second teams around with steam. Like I watched the game last night and. Just waste the time. The waste only, of time. Yeah, the only thing well, that happened was poor old Dupont ending up with a my pronunciation is probably shocking, but anyway, ending up with a, a fractured dog. Because I picked Stephen about halfway through the game, and I said, "I think this was the best rugby player I've ever seen in my life." He was like, he was like a, a, a footballer pinging the ball into the corner for lads to run in for tries, and then he ends up with that terrible injury. And jeez, you you wouldn't like to see anything bad happen to him. He was oh, he is class. He is definitely brilliant. And delayed you got to see a bit of him because he wasn't great against uh, New Zealand. But you're talking about the small teams there. They are getting they're getting the raw end of the stick, really, because Romania, uh, Namibia, Chile, some of the really small teams are not getting helped at all. Um, like in the pre-games before the World Cup, Namibia didn't even play a country. They played one of the South African teams on the club sides as a warm-up. So that's all the practice they had, as well as that all their games, their four games are crammed into a 17-day period, whereas France are playing, France and Ireland are playing their games spread over 28 days. So World Rugby really need to have a look at themselves because they're not giving the smaller teams a chance, and nobody wants to see 96-0. Like there's no, no. there's no fun in that. That was that was uh, Namibia's second team last night. I didn't even watch it. No. <laughs> um, I, in some ways, it's good. Like you, you do, like did Namibia. Namibia. No, it was Uruguay. Uruguay put up a decent show against France. They did, yeah. In in the second round, and you do like seeing those teams rattling uh, the big teams. But you see, they don't have the wherewithal to come back the following week, or as you say, four games in seventeen days or whatever. Uh, and they're, to- they're talking about making the Rugby World Cup bigger. I actually think it should be made smaller because you have so many of these hammerings. But I think there is a gap. And I, I think there is a gap for, and rugby is great for plates and bowls and shields and all this, and they're big under world rankings. I think there would, would be a wonderful quarter final, semi final, if there was sort of the teams that the, the next eight teams that didn't make the quarter finals, but it, it could be based on world rankings. So let's say Australia, I wouldn't, if Australia didn't qualify from the group, I wouldn't be letting them into, the, you know, if, if a top 10 team didn't make the quarter final, they're not allowed into the, into the play. Yeah. You could end up having like, Tonga, Samoa, semi-final or something. They'd be really good games. And play them on the Tuesday, Wednesday nights leading up to the, the quarter-finals, semi-finals or whatever. Kind of a B championship for the World Cup. 
Exactly, exactly. Well, yeah. that, that would definitely help having the midweek games because I feel the same as Alan. I can't remember the Ireland-Tonga game. It feels like a million miles away. Yeah. And it was only six or seven days ago, if that. Um, but, yeah, no, that would be definitely a good idea. The the teams like Uruguay, Chile, Portugal, Spain, USA would definitely you, benefit USA, from Are USA even in it this year? No, they didn't qualify. Oh. No, Portugal yeah. beat them in the last qualifier. Really? Remember the really good guy that they had that used to play for Biarritz on the wing? Yeah, was Rapid. It, was it, what was his name? It, I can't remember his name, but that's quite a few years ago. They haven't really it, produced much since. He was absolutely incredible, yeah. He, play, he played, I think he played in, in a, a Heineken Cup final or European Cup final against Munster. 2006, he was absolutely, although, although that was a different guy that Fiji had, Bobo. Remember him? I do remember Bobo, yeah. <laughs> um the Americans have hired, I think it's an Irish guy and a South African guy as um, kind of like uh, scouts now, where they're going around to all the combines in the NFL for players who haven't made it. Yeah, picking up the scraps. To get yeah. Them, yeah, and trying to get them to convert to rugby. So that'd be, you know, if you don't, if you don't make it in the NFL, you don't want your whole career to be a lost cause. So rugby <laughs> might be a nice little backup there. Fallback, yeah. When you mentioned Fiji, was that a huge shock? Like, it seemed to be a huge shock. I presume it was a huge shock for them to beat Australia. Should have hadn't done it in, I don't know how many years. 69 years or something, yeah. Um, And they were brilliant. They were absolutely, I really enjoyed that game. They were absolutely brilliant to look at. And, like, there was another game as well where, was it Uruguay and Italy the other evening where there was a couple of decisions there that went against uh, Uruguay. I think there was one Italian try where your man dropped the ball and, and pulled it back over the line and TMO was trying to get into the referee and the referee just seemed to ignore him. So a lot of those smaller county, or counties, smaller countries don't <laughs> don't seem to get their rubber the green like you see. But definitely Fiji were brilliant. And will they they'll probably definitely qualify now, will they? After winning that. Um they should do. If Wales beat Australia They're definitely true. If Wales if Wales if Wales beat Australia, they're definitely true they're definitely true, is that right? Yeah. It could come down to bonus points and you, you you might have seen in that Fiji game where Fiji had a penalty in the very last minute and they already had the game won. They were winning 22-15 and had they kicked the penalty, it would have it would have denied Australia losing bonus point because they would have, you know, they would have won 25-15 or whatever. Um, but if Australia beats Wales, it's sort of, it's going to come down to bonus points at that rate and um, Fiji would want to be clocking up their, Fiji played the two hardest matches so far though. Mm. Um, but they'd want to make sure that they get the bonus points against the weaker teams yeah, and it'll be great it'll be great for the World Cup if you see somebody from that side of the draw coming through because obviously that is the weaker side you have what England uh, Wales who else could, that, that? Uh, Argentina or Japan Argentina yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you could you could have a quarter final with um, Fiji and England and Fiji bet England in a warm up game in Twickenham it was their first win ever over England right yeah, you know? yeah, that's right. And your man is over Australia, Eddie Jones, and his uh, his 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 stock seems to have collapsed altogether, doesn't it? Um, you know, Eddie Jones, Australia, like uh, rugby in Australia is like it's a bit like Ireland. It is it's sort of the private school game. It's uh, it's a minority enough sport. Like you have AFL, you have rugby league, you have cricket, soccer, all fairly considerable sports in Australia. And sport uh, sport in Australia is like. It's a little, it's a bit geographical, like where where rugby league is huge in in Sydney and Brisbane, AFL is huge in Melbourne, but there is nowhere where rugby union is the main sport in Australia. But they have won, they've won at least two World Cups and they've been in a couple more mm. finals than that. 
but the arse has fallen out of them altogether. And Eddie Jones definitely seems like this is his second coming as Australia manager. Definitely seems his stock seems to have uh, have fallen, and he he's not going down well in Australia. Obviously, I'm sure. Did you did you see that link that I sent you, Drew Mitchell, <laughs> one of one of the best uh, one of the best Australian wingers of all time? I remember him coming through on the scene. Uh, he played for Australia when he was about 17 or 18. He was absolutely brilliant. And he could play in a load of different positions, uh, out half, full back, winger, centre, anywhere. And God, the rant he went on against Eddie Jones. Like, that's that's proper punditry that people like. It's gone far too uh, PC. far too PC now. And of course, mm-hmm. I know then you have the lads, the, 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 the likes of the, the Brollies, the George Hooks, all these. They've been more or less cancelled off the, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but... Drew Mitchell didn't spare Eddie Jones anyway, but they're 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 facing more or less elimination uh, if they don't beat Wales. Now, but Wales aren't Wales aren't wonderful at the moment either. No, no, no. Sure, I suppose that's the thing. The the draw is so stacked that on the other on the other side of it, you have all of the all of the, the teams that look like the best. But it, that that if you're managing, like how you you have history or experience in draw in jaw injuries. I, is it going to be possible for him to play again if he has a fractured jaw? Uh, I, I, I doubt it, but I suppose... I doubt it. I, don't, like, I, don't, I see that they're, they're talking about him being back for a quarter-final or so, which is probably in about four weeks' time. Is it three weeks' time? Um, yeah, it will be, yeah. It'll be unlikely, but... Anyway, you're back, Mark. It's not, it's not like soccer, uh, Stephen, where you can wear a mask and... You know what I mean? You, you can protect your face that way, like. No, if you're going to tackle someone, like yeah, your your, your face is completely smashed. exposed to it, like you know. Yeah, um, yeah, you're going to get you're going to get smashed, like, and that's and that's the way the way he plays as well. Um, like even though he's so small, God, the heart should be took the other evening when he was yeah. like, for one of the tries where he pinged his ball across and he just got absolutely cleaned out of it afterwards and just got up like yeah. he's. Uh, is a, is a the, the, France have a wonderful history of producing kicking scrum halves like they're you know usually associate out has with, with kicking the amount of times over the years France have these classy classy kicking scrum halves it's unbelievable Dupont is the latest in the long line of that okay after a few technical glitches there we have Mark back Mark is back and um, we're going to talk about the Ireland match so Ireland are playing South Africa 8 o'clock Saturday evening in the Stade de France Saint-Denis suburb of Paris and I reckon there'll be about 40,000 Ireland supporters there like there there has been uh, the, the weekend games where people are able to go in for the weekend there's people going from uh, Bordeaux to Nantes to to um, Paris they're able to stay in different places during the week and then up to the matches and I know there's a good few Leash people out there at the World Cup and like it's just Irish people definitely buy into these occasions um, what do you think Mark? Yeah this has been billed as the biggest game since the last World Cup final Four years ago, it's the world number one against the world champions, and the big story, as me and Alan were talking about earlier, is the split on the bench, the yeah, seven-one split. <laughs> um, now, I don't agree with all the old curmudgeons in the Irish media and the English media who are giving out about this. I think it's brilliant. Um, I wish we had seven beasts that we could put on the bench like South Africa <laughs> that can play all over the pitch. Um, what do you think, Stephen? I think. I think South Africa are a bit mad. Um, I think, I think, uh, I, th- I, th- I think that, look, I, I think it's great to watch. It's great to observe and it'll be absolute theatre when they bring off seven forwards at the same time and bring on, <laughs> uh, bring on seven different fellas. But like, it's hugely risky. Like, 
if you get two injuries to your backs, if you get one injury to a back, you know, they, they have, is it a scrum half that can that can also play on the wing? That's the only yes. back sub they have in the return. But it's, it happens if the, the out half gets injured. If a central the gets scrum injured. Half, oh, they have, the scrum half will play fly half and the new scrum half will come in. And I, have... I remember, I remember Ireland having three backs on the on the on the bench in Italy against Rome one time, and Peter O'Mahony ended up having to play on the wing. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, look, it didn't work out too well. I I I love coaches and management teams thinking a bit differently and not going by sort of what you're what you're supposed to do. Um, but. Like Ireland have four forward subs, they'll still be able to mix it up quite five. well. A five forward sub, sorry, yeah. So they'll still be able to mix it up quite well. Ireland are very lucky. Ireland are one of the few countries now that are getting a relatively injury free run so far. Uh, no, and that, Dan that, Sheehan that, is back for this game. Exactly, that that can change in an instant. So like, and and Saturday's game is the type one that could uh, you know could clock up the injury count. Look, South Africa are. Um, a lot of South African players we're familiar with, like there's a few of them have played with Munster. Jean Klein actually played with Ireland and he's in the second row for, for, for South Africa. Uh, I didn't think he was ever good enough to play for Ireland. He should not have gone to the last World Cup ahead of Devon Toner. I thought that was bad form on Joe Schmidt's part. And he's just not very skillful around the pitch, but he definitely suits the South African style a lot more than our style. Compared to some of the the second row or South African second rows they've had over the years, he's he's fairly ordinary. Like uh, he is, yeah. You Even know what's there now? I mean, Snyman, uh, Etzebeth, obviously the best lock in the world, and he probably wouldn't be there if Lou Dieger hadn't gotten injured before the World Cup. So yeah, but he, look, I, he's this is a good chance. Like Ireland beat so Ireland haven't played South Africa that often in the last couple of years, and they played them in the in the autumn internationals or November internationals and. Ireland have been, like this. These world rankings annoy me a little bit, even though we do trade on our <laughs> own rankings, uh, which are more um, they're more sort of opinion based, and these are statistically based. But Ireland are what you would call a, a sort of a, in GA parents, and are a grand league team. You know, like they do well, <laughs> they do well in the November internationals. They've been doing well in this in the summer internationals in recent times, and obviously they've had a very good Six Nations record in recent times. But they've had a dreadful World Cup record. Um, but just beat 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 South Africa. A two-week break before the place Scotland, and uh, then they're into in, into probably a semi or quarter final against New Zealand, which wouldn't be wouldn't be simple by any means. But it's it is a good opportunity. I think I think Ireland need to win this more than South Africa need to win it because Ireland's confidence can be a little bit brittle. Lose here, pick up a few injuries, and then they're fucking sitting ducks against Scotland in two weeks' time, and they might even make the quarterfinals. So, and even if they did get by Scotland, to be playing France, who are a lot stronger, even though. Ireland, Ireland bet France well enough in the Six Nations earlier this year, but still, France were on home soil and they'll get every every decision going and all of that. So, uh, no, looking forward to it. It's, um, it's box office. It's prime time TV. Uh, there'll be a huge TV audience for this, and uh, just hope, hopefully, hopefully they can get the job done. Um, why so, aren't, why aren't you watching that? Then? Some of us, yes, some of us will have other other things. It's unfortunate now the time that it's on, as you said, prime time TV, but it's actually clashing with Burnley versus Manchester United in Turf Moor. So, <laughs> what are you going to do, Mark? Now, Mark's a big United fan as well. I'll have to set up two screens. That's what I've decided to do. So, I'll, I'll put United on the telly and I'll stick. Uh, I'll stick the, the rugby on the laptop and, and put it up there. I think that's the best the best solution I can come up with. This will be a tester well, for Mark now. Mark's a big United fan as well. 
this will be no tester because Mark has watched <laughs> pretty much all of United's matches this season. I watched <laughs> I watched Brighton last week and I watched Bayern Munich at the uh, the other night, and I think that was enough. So I'll skip the Burnley match <laughs> and I'll be glued to Ireland and South Africa. This is Ireland against South Africa at the World Cup for the first time ever. So I think I can give Burnley and United a miss. Did Ireland never play South Africa in the World Cup before? Never. Are you serious? Yeah, really? I went through all the games last yeah. night trying to find it. No. Um, well, South Africa Ireland... weren't let into the World Cup until 95, and then they yes. hosted it. And Ireland weren't in their group. Ireland were in New Zealand's group in that. Yeah, 99, they were in Australia's group. It's always done by the rankings. 03, they were in Australia's group. They nearly, nearly beat them in Melbourne, I think. Seven, obviously, then they were in Argentina and... France. Oh, France. Oh, yeah. 11, then Wales. Australia and Wales. No, 11 was Australia. Oh, Australia and Wales. Wales. Oh, yeah, Australia, but Wales is the quarterfinal. 15, then was France. France and Argentina yeah. again. Right. And the last time out, Scotland and Japan. So, no, this will be our first time to play South Africa at the World Cup. World Cup. Ah, yeah, brilliant. So they are a great rugby nation. Um, great great history in that there, even though it's it's it's, um, it's pockmarked, like, scandalously, like, obviously, Saeed Khaleesi, was he the first black captain? He was, yeah, yeah. Um, him, him against Josh Vanderfleer is going to be epic yeah. the weekend. And uh, Steph Detroit against Peter O'Mahony on the other side. It's going to be brilliant. It's going to be well, an what, amazing game. What's your views on uh, Faf the Clerk? I love Faf the Clerk. I Do imagine you. you <laughs> I imagine you don't. No, but, no. <laughs> I love Faf the Clerk. I love that he's four feet tall with long blonde hair, and he's a better kicker than any of the South African kickers. I love that you can hit him and he'll just bounce off smiling. I love the man. I don't think even the South Africans like him. I think that, even that's another reason gets. for me to like. Him. <laughs> he, he he is the prototype. I lived with a guy in college one time, a good friend of mine, Paddy Fleming. He played second row, and he used to say about scrum halves. Paddy was a big lad. He used to say about scrum halves, they have to be just annoying little bollockses. And, <laughs> <laughs> and like, definitely, you've seen the carry on of, of Fat the Clerk, and he's. He's so perfect then on the pitch, like, you know, his, um, there's never hair out of place or anything with him, but uh, he is, God, he's an infuriating, uh, but a very, very good player. But uh, that's it. No, I'm looking forward to it. I think there's been a lot of, um, we, we chatted about it before, the sort of the elitism around rugby and all that. And there has been a bit of a kickback in certain, you know, columns and that, like giving out about the inverted snobbery, people giving out that rugby is elitism and <laughs> wishing ill, wishing ill. Like, that's what I don't get. I don't mind anyone disliking or, you know, not being interested in a sport. But I really don't get people wanting Ireland to be beat. No, I don't understand that myself. And I don't... It, it. Oh, yeah, no, no, I, I don't I don't get that wishing your own country to lose. It's just that, like, if you don't like it, fine. Like, but, yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's, an odd, it's an odd position to take. Like, I mean, they're not... Uh, I think so, look I think I saw something the other day it was like the Ireland team and it contains is it three Australians and one other way around three New Zealand and yeah. one Australian and then and the bench contains whatever I think that's maybe something that irks it but then like look the Irish soccer team you know what through exactly. them it'd be the same thing like it'd be worse even so worse, no, yeah, it, yeah, yeah you know so, so like but do Mac, Mac Hansen and Finlay Bealham qualify for Ireland on the granny rule or something? It's sort Mac, of, Hansen, it? Mac Hansen's mother is from Cork. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. Finlay Bealham? Uh, Finlay Bealham is married to an Irish girl, as far as I know. Yeah, but I don't um, think that's... I don't think that's how no, he qualifies, though. I don't know. He's lived here for a long time, so that could be it. He moved here as a teenager. Oh, yeah. Maybe that could be it. He's not a project player, like. 
He's not a project player. No. Okay, the, yeah, only, yeah, no, the only project players are the three New Zealand lads, Gibson Park, James Lowe and Bundyak. Yeah. I don't, possibly yeah, I, Rob I, Herring. Possibly Rob Herring. Oh, yeah. Sure. yeah. But he, he's not even on the bench. No. Well, Dan Sheehan's yeah. back, so he was never going yeah. to be. But he's a serious third choice. But there, there, there is, it is a bit, I, I, it really annoys me people sort of gleeing when Ireland are betting in the World Cup on this sort of elitist type of thing. Don't, like, go, don't go on Twitter so on Saturday evening <laughs> to lose. That's when it'll all be. Yeah. It's poisonous. It's absolutely yeah. poisonous. Like, you know, like Tony Cascarino, I don't know how many caps he got for Ireland. He was close to being a record goal scorer. He wasn't even Irish. He even admitted that himself. He, he was never eligible to play for Ireland under any rule. In the, like, the Irish soccer team gave us great joy, and this Irish supporters, all but people give out about the rugby supporters, and there's a you know there's a handful of them that would wreck your head, and even going to the, the Lansdowne Road and the mall coming in and out, they and beer. The gates should be locked, um, shouldn't be allowed in and out during the game. Get your point at half time, and if you haven't finished it by the time the second half starts, either stay out or don't come back in at all. But don't be going in and out by people. It's absolutely head wrecking. It, it makes games not worth going to, um. But I don't. I really. Do, it really really annoys me. Like. If you take the, the carry-on of soccer supporters at a certain, you know, like the FAI Cup final, like there's tuggery and hooliganism of the highest order every single year at the FAI Cup finals. Like that's not full representation of everyone that goes to the games. So if you no. take, you, you know, so... Um, You'd be hard like bet to get a better family atmosphere for a big match in Ireland than if you go to Thoman Park or the RDS for Leinster Munster. Like I bring the kids yeah. there at least once a season and you can let them run free in the stadium. They love it. Yeah, no, it's 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 very and it, it, no the rugby games are great, but the worst the worst part of it sometimes is one that there's at such a cold time of the year that never helps. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and so and, and, and the other thing is that some of the decent matches are that eight o'clock start, which doesn't help either. But anyway, that's that little rant. Hopefully, Ireland Ireland win this weekend. Yeah, well, we'll get your prediction there. Um, I'm going to go straight out and say I think Ireland will win by five points. I'm I'm going to go with that. Ireland are going to win by ten to twelve. Okay, Alan. Uh, South Africa by three. <laughs> uh, watch him make us look like fools now, do we? Can. Many of them. I don't know about that, but anyway, I, I just, I, I think that Ireland will. Uh, it's, be, it's been going too well at the minute. There's always something goes wrong. So there's absolutely rather, an element to that. <laughs> I'd rather, I'd rather it went wrong now and and they won a quarter final for a change. That that would be great. So. Well, the other yeah. big games this weekend are both on Sunday. So, 4.45, we have Scotland versus Tonga. And if Tonga could do us a favour there, it doesn't matter if win, lose or draw against South Africa. And the other one then is in Fiji's group that you were talking about earlier. So, Wales are against Australia Sunday night. And if Wales win, I'm pretty sure Fiji qualify with them into the quarters. Most likely playing England, which would be uh, well worth watching. And on the local rugby scene then, uh, the men's, Port Arlington are away to Burr on Sunday at 3 o'clock. Port Leash are away to Midlands Warriors up in Westmeath, also Sunday at 3 o'clock. And are Sunday they, one... Mark, in the, in the same division now? Or, um... They are, yes. Port Leash got oh, relegated right. last year out of 2A and they're down to 2B. Um, the opposite be... happened in the women's division where Port Leash got relegated out of Port Dara's league, so... They won't be playing each other, but yeah, Port Arlington against Port Leash at least twice this season. Something to look did forward play, to. Did they play last weekend in the Lawler Cup? Uh, I don't know. Okay, I don't we'll know. I was we'll let that out. I think they play on Saturday evening. Yeah, I don't know. I was out, otherwise engaged. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Clontarf against uh, 
just on the local rugby, it's Port Leash, I'd say, historically have never been in, in as low a division. Um, I know the league wouldn't traditionally be of huge, uh, you know, the Towns Cup was always the big one. But as, as you go down through the leagues, the Towns Cup becomes less relevant because you have less chance of winning it. Um, but it wouldn't have happened all that often that Port Arrington and Port Leash are in the same division because it would always been a couple of divisions separating them. Port Leash are a little bit of a load of new new management team. I think the great Paddy Scruff McAvoy is over them this year, and he has the likes of Mickey Fenley and Mark Delaney involved, which are sort of, you know, they all won a Towns Cup with each other 20 years ago and played in a couple of Towns Cup finals. And, and Mickey Fenley uh, was a very, very good flying, absolute flyer of a full back winger, really, really good player. And, and they, they were all, um, that was a great team that he was part of. And I'd say Mickey definitely could have played at a higher level if he had to, had to choose to do so. Um, or I think a tie now are actually up in Division One B. A tie are probably the highest. Wow. Uh, the highest they they have they have uh, they 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 fell on really hard times. They went right down to Division Three. They were very strong in the in the seventies, eighties, and into the early nineties. And then there would have been a time where I'd say they might have had six teams. You know, they would have had five, six adult teams in a tie, and then they just fell fell apart. And there would be a fair strong leash connection with them, and even currently, um, but they're I think they're I think they're after getting back to back promotions. And yeah, the, yeah, got there's a little bit of the Joey Carberry effect. Uh, you know, rugby is hugely popular in the Atai area and you know surrounds. And his dad, his dad Joey, as well, is a is a is a development officer. Works with Leinster Rugby and goes into a lot of the local primary schools. And uh, you know, just I think you nearly have to have stewards there on a on a Saturday morning. Um, for the crowds that are coming in at underage level. So it's interesting. We're going to see how to get on at one B because. There's no reason why you see the likes of Tullo and that that are up competing at the top level and in Escorty. There's no reason why the Port Leashes, the ties, shouldn't be at that level. And should, like, I think Port Leash at rugby have a huge opportunity of to tap into the the, the the sort of the population that is there, but they haven't done so far. And um, it'd be great, like Jenny. I remember we didn't talk at one time that like Port Leash potentially could have went AIL if they'd really put their mind to it. But they're 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 they've never been as far from that level now at the moment. But I think. You know, when you were like a town of twenty five thousand people, and Port Leash is essentially a club for the county, and even you know, you get so many people coming from Abbey Leagues, Mount Rat. They've a very aging team. Like uh, Port Arden would have a much younger team, especially in the backline. But um, Port's new main man is Warren Murray, who's their flanker. Uh, he got Player of the Season last year, and he's phenomenal. Port Leash don't seem to have that young group of players coming through for whatever reason. Um the, 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 there's no under twenty setup. Um club rugby club rugby is a little bit unusual in that you generally lose like anyone that would play under ten, under twelve or whatever in, in the likes of Port Leash. You would always lose a couple of guys that would go off to, to boarding school and then they can't play club and school at the same time. And when they come back, if they come back, you might have a decent under twenty team in five years time or whatever. But the under twenty team has 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 it was tried to sort of be revived last year, but I wouldn't say there has been an under twenty team in Port Leash in just six seven years at least. Uh, again, back when they were in those Towns Cup finals in the mid two thousands, they were in about five Harry Gale Cup finals. It was it was a real sort of culture of it at the time, but it was hard. I suppose the GA season going on longer, um, and maybe some of the guys coming back from the schools are going playing with clubs in Dublin or Cork or Limerick or wherever, uh, which is at a higher level, obviously. But it's a it's a challenge. It's absolutely a challenge. Anyway, I think we'll leave it at that. Um, we'll yeah, a lot to look forward to this weekend and absolutely in the coming weeks as well. So thanks a lot, lads, and take care.
the Leash Today Talking Sport podcast, brought to you in association with Booth Concrete. Booth Concrete provide high-quality concrete products to Leash and the surrounding counties. Thinking concrete, think Booth Concrete. When quality matters.